Time for the Wheel Nerds. Uh, wait. Hold on. Uh, son of a bitch. Come on, you... Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. And we're back for another week of uh, talking about motorcycles and other junk. Good. I have lots of other junk this week, so we should be pretty well set. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get let's get right right to it. Our big news for the week. How's the Buell? The Buell lives. <laughs> Damn right. For now. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Buell up the other day from the dealer, and you know what? It, it didn't cost as much as I thought it was going to. Oh, that's cool. It was uh, 150 Oh, okay. That's Which I was expecting about two. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, two, usually two they usually just the the amount they charge you for the just to look at it. Yeah, and you know it's a Buell. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, sir. We have to charge you the Buell tax. <laughs> we had to use the special Buell tools, which we then had to burn and slowly walk away from. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works. So that's cool. The bike runs. It actually, uh, you know, since I did the plugs, they, mm-hmm. it's been running a lot smoother. Nothing comes off it that's not supposed to come off it. I I don't know. <laughs> you haven't noticed anything yet. No, no one's no one's tried to catch my attention with anything. <laughs> Is that your wheel? <laughs> I, I I just I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it's running. I feel pretty good about it. I think uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be it for until Durango. And I've got a pair. What of do you those- mean until Durango? Okay, I'm telling you this right now. If anything goes wrong with this bike on the way to Durango, seriously, like we're in the middle of the San Rafael Spa and this bike breaks down. We're not calling a tow truck. I'm going to put all your crap into the sidecar. I'm going to put uh, you into the sidecar. I'm going to set your bike on fire, and we're going to walk away in slow motion while it burns behind us. That's not going to happen. What will happen is it will explode and throw us in slow motion. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing does hold three gallons of gas. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll talk about the dangers of three gallons of gas during our torque episode. You have no idea. <laughs> You know, I've got a pair of fork covers, actually. That's adorable. It is. They're they pink? They come, no, they're in yellow. Boring. <laughs> I wanted to match. Actually, that'll still clash like hell with the orange paint job, won't it? Well, you know, the yellow looked closer than the orange that Fair they enough. offered, so yeah. Black and dirt go with everything. <laughs> That's why those are the two predominant colors of all of my bikes. Eh. I wanted a little sparkle. Sparkle! Sparkles! <laughs> <laughs> And no, that's not an invitation to sparkle my bike when we get to Durango. Oh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to do that. Shut up. But that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, moving on. What about that test drive? Because every week we promised the yes, listeners we're going to give drive. them a test drive this week. So we went into BMW and we... Um, we walked promptly out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we went right back out the other door. I, I don't know if we've talked a whole lot about the documented, scientifically proven... Chuck dirtbag effect. The Chuck dirtbag effect. So the trouble with the Chuck dirtbag effect is the Chuck dirtbag effect appears to extend to people who are with a near vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the Chuck dirtbag effect in action, because the dirtbag effect. So I walked into the BMW dealer first. Actually, you mm-hmm. were you yeah. were putting your cup holder. Yes, I was putting. I bought a cup holder. You talked with. about that already, but uh, I sweet. It's yeah. so fancy. Whatever. Oh, you don't have one of those? Shut up. <laughs> so you know, I walked into the dealer. With, and uh, mind you, I'm wearing a one-piece... Well, not, not just full be- full gear, like full primary blue, extremely bright blue, gear. one-piece, you know, the people at work call it my astronaut suit. Yeah, okay. 
Essentially, that's what it looks like. Sure. It's, uh, it is not an arrow stitch. I am not that hardcore. Mm. It is, however, from a pretty cool company called, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Tees. Tees. T-E-I-Z. T-E-Z. Tees. Yeah. Good company. They're very customer-friendly, customer-oriented. That's cool. Yeah. That makes a big difference. It does. When they you post a question and the guy from the company comes back and talks to you about it. That's huge. Yeah. I, that's well, that's a big reason I went with the suit. Actually, no, I picked a bunch of things that way. Like uh, Warm and Safe, I really loved. Um, oh, yeah. When my Warm and Safe liner went bad, the guy who owns the company called me on the phone. Like, out of the blue, I you know I sent it for my work email, so it had my work extension on it. Mm-hmm. It's like two minutes later, the phone rings. I'm like, okay. That's weird, and it's the dude, and he's like, okay, here's what I think's happening. It's like you, and like there's one run of these, and they're not labeled, and we got to fix it. And tells me what's going on. He's like, we'll send you a new one. So he basically blamed you. You're the problem. You're the weak link. Apparently. Yeah. Now he's pretty cool about it, though. It was, it was, you know, it was snappy, snappy response. I was extremely pleased. I, I have a, I, I didn't have a problem going wrong, but I could tell you, I talked to Rose at Warm and Safe. And uh, she called me up after I yep. put in an order, and she discussed it with me. She was really cool. Awesome. She was. We just chatted for like fifteen minutes about their products. I mean, well, yeah. The, you know what the funny thing is, though, is like they totally got you as a customer for life now, don't they? Yes, I went back and bought the glove liners. Oh yeah, yeah. So here, here's the lesson for the thing: if you take care of your customers, they'll come back and spend more money. And you don't even have to like you know necessarily spend money on them. No, you don't have to give them anything. Just like. Treat them like people. Yeah. You know what? Put forth the image that you're really interested in what you're selling. I think, you know, once you get that kind of common bond going on, they'll, I'll come back. I want this jacket. You sell this jacket. As long as it's in common. As long as it's not completely shitty. Yep. There is that. (laughs) You got to have a good product too, I guess, would be the other thing. That helps. (laughs) But, you know, like with Warm and Safe, they they seem like they really care about their product. Yeah. Yeah, They actively work on it. Tease. Tez, Tez. I think the guy's name is Gazi. You know, it's Zite backwards. Great. (laughs) You are a nerd. We we have a show. Shut up. With with nerds Nerds. in the title. Yeah. No. You want big patches that say nerd on them so we can ride around with them. I thought the name of the show was Wheel Studs. Yes. Yes. We're studs. We improved the studio today and we had a stud finder and we tested it. It worked. <laughs> we asked a little boy next door and we tried it on him because it didn't make any noise that when it was Yeah, yeah that house. was weird. Yeah. He's a stud. Apparently. Yeah. Kids kids' parents are in big trouble when he gets older. Yeah. So yeah, the BMW dealer, they're very proud of their staff. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Well, the funny thing is, is I've been in that BMW dealer before. I walked in myself, and I like I, I got about three words out, and they were just throwing keys at me. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> really? Well, it, it was it was, it was was time from time to walk in to... I, I got about halfway across the floor, and the guy immediately starts talking to me. He's like, how's it going? How you doing? How are things? You know, whatever. And then I'm like, well, you know, I'm just swinging by to see the new, you know, the new place. And I was wondering if I could ride one of the LTs, because I've never ridden one before. I want to see what it's about. He's like, well, do you mind riding a used one? I'm like, no. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No kidding. And I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, that one. Knock yourself out. He didn't want to see your credit card? No. No, he was like, he's just... He, he didn't say anything later. about the gear you're wearing? Well, you know, I showed up on the Strom in a one-piece suit. Did he ask you about the band? <laughs> <laughs> no. So you go to their webpage, and they have pictures of their staff. They're, according to Todd, rightly proud of their staff. So I know these people. 
from looking at their picture. Yeah. So I go in there. I've been in there half a dozen times. I've never had this experience with you that Todd describes. Well, apparently I've only had it the once because, you know, I'm, I'm one for two now. Yeah, well, you were with me. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So I, I walk in there and the receptionist girl mm-hmm. who yep. was on her Facebook looked up long enough to say hi. That's cool. And then went back to Farmville. Yeah. And uh, the guys who I recognize from the website as being the sales specialists and service specialists and writing specialists and BMW fashion consultant specialists. Thank God they were there. Talking to other people. <laughs> and not and not even talking to them to sell them stuff. They were just chatting. Yeah, they were just chatting. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I guess sometimes when you're when you're trying to sell stuff, you, you chat a little bit, but like... This didn't have that, like, sales chat, you know, because the, the sales chat, you, you're doing it to kind of, like, plumb the customer. You're like, you know, what's this dude into? What's he all about? You know, that kind of crap. This was like, hey, we're shooting the bull. Yeah. Hey, did you listen to that latest episode of Wheel Nerds? <laughs> that, that show is great, but why do they keep saying bad things about our dealership? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at these two dorks walking in. I bet they even listen to Wheel Nerds, and they're going to hate our dealership. <laughs> Don't talk to the brown-skinned one. <laughs> and really, I'm not even that brown. I'm off-white. Oh, my God. I think I just figured something out. What? Last time I went in there, I didn't have a full beard. And I had a full beard in the previous weekend we were in there. Oh, yeah. So you were looking scruffy, and I was looking me. Yeah. You yeah. look all Chuck. You Chuck all over you. <laughs> this, this, this kind of film, this Chuck film sort of thing. Uh. <laughs> So, long story short, we, we didn't we get a ride. ride. We, we sat on some bikes. We we totally sat on them. We sat on the GS. I wanted to see how different the GS was than the Strom. Remember the weird thing you observed about the GS? Oh, yeah. The weird thing about the GS. The GS is, uh, first of all, your butt is, like, directly above the rear wheel. Yeah. Which like, was really strange. Really, um, like, in line with the rear like, wheel. Like, yeah. Like, and it makes the perception of everything in front of you. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's like, like three feet of bike in front of you yeah. as a result. It's it's wacky. It's not wide, but it's, no, it's long. long and narrow in front of you. Very strange. And I'm used to the Strom, which has a pretty pretty substantial cockpit presence. Yes, it know? does. Especially with all the switches and crap I have in mind. <laughs> the gun sight. Ooh, I got the switches to light up. Okay. <laughs> Come on, it's awesome! What did they do? Well, the one on the left... Goes duck and not duck. Well, the, okay, so there was a hole that we should back up even further than the hole. So my dashboard has a bunch of switches and crap in it. Yes, because he's a nerd. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. Because <laughs> I so the the first you have Goldwing envy. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, I'll admit it. I got on that RT and I was looking at all the buttons and I was like, squee. <laughs> That was always the favorite part of any sci-fi movie for Todd was when the guy's just flipping a flipping bunch of buttons. bunch of switches and there's an oscilloscope. Even there's no reason for there to be an oscilloscope. Lights are going off. Yeah, spools so, of paper are coming out. So I can't quite have that on the Strom, but what I do have is I have a switch that changes between lights and heating stuff, and then there's a switch next to it that turns the grips up and down. Oh, you're heated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course I took the old switch off because there was one of those little round rockers, and now I have a switch panel. And then there's the little light from my voltmeter next to it. So there was a, a round hole left over from the switch. And I needed something to plug the hole so I wouldn't get water going down in there. Sure. And I was looking around my garage. And um, I had this rubber ducky. Oh, the rubber ducky. And the neck of the rubber ducky, as it happens, is about the right size to plug this hole. Yes. So the logical thing, of course, was to stick the rubber ducky up. So now there's a duck head sticking out with a little light next to it. Um, I'm going to get a label. I'm going to label the light duck status. <laughs> Press here for duck. 
You know what would be really cool? It's, it's a squishy duck, right? Yeah. You, you need to put a button in the duck head. I thought about that. That would be, I'd have to cut the bottom of the duck off, but that would be pretty neat. That would be really neat. Push the, push the duck to pass. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go fast button? The duck. <laughs> Do never, never push the duck button. No, just put it won't big, like it. Big label. Don't push this. Duck. Do not push. <laughs> Construct like a little acrylic plastic box around it. <laughs> yeah, flip it over. With a lock on it. <laughs> Turn both keys to exit the duck. Turn your key, sir. <laughs> Push the duck. <laughs> Push Morning. the duck, sir. Danger. Duck system <laughs> active. Brace for shockwave. I totally want a bank of switches on the Buell that are those rocker, you know, the big hard plastic cover that you got to yep. flip up. And mm-hmm. I want those. I don't even care if they do anything. So you're going to look like the inside of like one of those Civics? Yes. Okay, just so we're on the same page here. Yeah, I'll put it. Just make sure they're carbon fiber because that makes it faster. <laughs> I'll get uh, you know rising sun bandana to, to tie around the sick, <laughs> sick <laughs> parts imported from Japan. Yes, and anyway, no. <laughs> that could be said of civics in general, which doesn't say a lot for Japan. <laughs> Run, die, bye. <laughs> Run, dice off, fast, furious, stay by. <laughs> Put wing on trunk. <laughs> Big wing. Bigger! <laughs> no, picnic table! <laughs> Eat luncheon! <laughs> you know, I saw a wing at the supermarket uh, yeah. by my house made of plywood. <laughs> in the back of a Civic. <laughs> Swear to God. Made of plywood, <laughs> bolted to the back. That That is absolutely fan. Did you get a picture? No. No. Oh, my God. You totally missed the boat, dude. I did. That was your opportunity. Yeah. I was just like, wow. That, that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm being optimistic that it's a statement about the, the whole race car scene. You think, you think it's an ironic wing? Yes. So, they're hipster racers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm using a flywood wing. You probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> It's environmentally sound. <laughs> My wing is made from recycled houses. They only release on vinyl. Mm. <laughs> vinyl. So, no test ride this week. We're sorry. No test ride. <clears throat> no test ride. I mean, we, we thought about pushing one of the wheelie chairs around the basement and making room room noises. <laughs> Chuck's daughter was all about it. Um, <laughs> but we figured we'd save that for times of great need. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about next? Plan just enough. Plans, yeah, because uh, you can planning too much. Yeah, we we had an example that we got to look at. Uh, oh wow, yeah, the dude planning too much. The oh. dude, we're going to post a link on on the website mm-hmm. to uh, to this video. Yeah, this dude Rick Peterson packs amazing amounts of stuff into his BMW. Now, in fairness, I was watching the video, and a lot of the stuff—I mean, the vast majority of the stuff—is crap I have with me anyway. Yep. I don't really think about bringing it. Like, you don't think about how many pairs of underwear and like pants that are suitable for riding, the way he does. It, really, the, the amazing thing is just how much he was unpacking from those boxes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it. Is he's really carefully packing it into the boxes just to just to make it all fit. And I tell you what, I don't know about you guys, but. Uh, like two hours into a ride, the stuff is either going to settle into its low energy state, or I'm going to open the thing and crap's just going to go everywhere. <laughs> like we did, we did idiots ride the Rockies, and like my packing scheme was great the first day. By the time we were, you know, on the road, on the dirt road in Gray's River, yeah, it was it was just carnage inside my bags. I just can't imagine having the patience to pack and unpack that. 
Oh yeah. Oh totally. Because like you know you don't you don't want to. Now now that I've made dinner and I'm ready for bed and I'm tired, <laughs> I'm going to very carefully put a bunch of things back into my bag, <laughs> right in the places I plan them. I've actually oh god you know what it's like it's like those people with the have you seen those people who have the hooks in their garage, on the pegboard? Sure. And they have the outline of the tool on the pegboard. No. Really? Do you have that in your garage? No. I don't. Oh, I, okay. I have pegboards and hooks, but I don't. Well, it looks. It looks like people are doing like like <clears throat> lean tactics in their garage. Which, you know, I'm all for lean at work. It's a little much for your garage. Well, you've seen me do things. I am not organized. Chuck's garage is organized in heaps, <laughs> in explosions. Chuck heap, and the wife heap, and the kid heap. Yes, and what makes it worse is when my wife goes in and tries to organize it, and the Buell parts heap. Shut up. <laughs> That can be found under the Buell. <laughs> Where else is it going to be when I need it? Well, that's a good point, actually. You know what I'm doing here, really, is I'm just I'm, I'm totally damning myself, because we're going to be on the ride, and the Ural is just going to self-destruct. Yep. Get me a big rack and some vodka. We're going to be in the middle of nowhere. Go find some vodka. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought of something we might want to take. What's that? Vodka. No. Mead. Yes, but no. Whiskey. Sort of. Shut up. So, on uh, one of the websites I was reading, um, ThinkGeek, mm-hmm. they sell this thing that you put on a uh, bottle of juice and it turns it into alcohol. It's like a little ye- packet of yeast activated something or other. You put it they, on. They sell a juice fermenter? Yes. 48 hours and you've got alcohol. I want to do it just to say that I had a still in my side. <laughs> I'm just throwing that one out. I, I don't even I don't even care what it comes out as. I'll just be like, yeah, I've been making booze in the sidecar since we left home. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what what's in the sidecar, sir? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh god. <laughs> we're still in New- Utah, naturally, where they shoot people for that. Mm. You carrying booze? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, he's running it, officer. <laughs> and you're in the Euro, so you're not outrunning him. <laughs> hey, shut up. Hey, you, pull over, or I'll walk up to you. <laughs> Slow down. I had a big lunch. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we're, we're way off topic now. Yeah, we are. It's so, uh, yeah, Rick Peterson and his BMW 1200. Man, that thing was packed. Yep. Look at the video on the website. And, uh, you know, what was really interesting is we, we ran across this video posted to one of the motorcycle boards. And there was a lot of negative response to it. Maybe, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, because it's weird. So... Some of the response, and you know, give, give us a flavor of responses here because there's it, it's runs the gamut. It runs the gamut. A lot of guys are just like, "Wow, look at that! That's really cool. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. That guy don't need that much stuff. I went around the world on a one twenty five with a pocket knife. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of weird. Like it, it's this 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 hardcore." Are you hardcore, Todd? I'm hardcore. I'm not hardcore. I have a seven hundred dollars seat to to just hold my bum in a comfortable manner. I'm very hardcore. I am not hardcore. Sometimes I ride five, six hundred mile days on it, but I will bitch endlessly about having to be on the bike for that long. 
Yeah, it's just a lot of guys are sl- were getting really down on him for for overpacking, for bringing stuff that makes him comfy is really what it comes down to. Or, or even, you know, just makes him comfortable for the ride. Yeah. You know, just just peace of mind even. Yeah, totally. I mean, so admittedly, that dude was pretty specialized. He had a lot of camera equipment. Yeah, he had cra- crap tons of camera equipment. He he was like photojournalist mm-hmm. journalist level. Well, his photos are great too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, just it, it was. It, they were awfully, awfully hard on him, and it's not just you see that everywhere. Yeah, it's it's the it's weird because you you see it a lot with the I guess the adventure bikes is the adventure bikes are the the new hardcore. They're, yeah, they're 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 the cool thing now. You know, you get the the dude on the Tour Tech catalog being chased by an elephant, and that's you know, Ewan and Charlie made that the cool new thing. Right. You know, that's the midlife crisis of choice. Yeah, except it's cool to bang on. You and then Charlie for doing it. Yeah, because they're not hardcore. They're no. they're riding. They were on the wrong bikes. Yeah, they should have been. And eating snakes. And they had people following them. Yes, to fix their bikes when they broke. And they had a tent. Yeah, wieners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's tempting and it's fun and you know like I, this will surprise everyone, but we like making fun of people. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's, it's something we're working on, but no, but I, I do. I like, I like making fun of people. But at the same time, it's, it's like it's when it's in fun, it's one thing. When it's, when it is, it's you are wrong and bad. There's, there's making fun of people, and there, then there's your, you are just the most stupid person on the face yeah, of how, the earth. How dare you? That is, that is dumb. That, that you is, are wrong. That's not the way to do it. That's not the bike for it. Yep, <clears throat> you're wrong. You did this thing. You're wrong. And I, I'm running into that a lot with the uh, Ulysses. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Why would you want a Ulysses? Why wouldn't you want a, a KLR or a Beamer or a Strom or a, or a some bike, not Ulysses? Right. You know, you, I went off road, off road on Ulysses. Well, no wonder you broke down. That's the wrong bike. How could you possibly go off road on that? Well, it was, you know, I took it on this fire road. That's not off road. Oh, God. Were yeah. natives chasing you with spears? No. Just the one. <laughs> I think it was some teens from Heber that were mad about losing their makeout point. I'm never going to get laid again! <laughs> Damn you, Chuck! <laughs> Damn you! And you know what's funny? You mentioned, you know, why didn't you get a KLR? I've seen threads where guys have been like, a KLR? That's no good for off-road. You can't go off-road on a KLR. It's you huge. Need, it's wrong. Need, it's huge. You need a 200cc. You need a Honda moped. <laughs> you need a Piaggio MP3 with off-road tires. <laughs> or snow chains. Snow chains. Snow. You know what? I think I'd still go with the Earl and snow. Because <laughs> the nice thing about it is you don't fall over. But, man. Well, you know, there's another good example. It's like, you know, people are all like, oh, I've got, you know, I went riding with John and we went on a dirt road and John put some knobbies on the GS. Oh, he was proud of those things? He was so proud of those things. And I, I will give him, I, you know, I'll give credit where it's due. John's off-road ability on the GS, and he doesn't take it super off-road because the trouble with the GS is if you drop it off-road, it's very expensive. Um, <laughs> but his off-road ability has improved tremendously in just the time I've known him. Mm. Um, well, he's really serious about doing this off-road. Oh, yeah. he's Well, he's, he's having fun with it, you know, so yeah. more power to him. I'm not going to tell him the GS isn't the bike. He told himself the GS isn't the bike, not the KLR. But, um, <laughs> and then he told me, you know, yeah, that none of my bikes are the The Yuli bike. isn't the bike. Go buy a KLR. Yep. But, but then <laughs> the funny thing is, though, is it's 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 all a matter of perspective. Because I got behind him. Um, he was on his GS, and I was behind him on the Ural, which has, you know, whatever cheap-ass Russian tires come on it. Here's the thing about the Ural. 
we were cruising along at what on a two-wheeled bike was probably quite exciting. On the Ural, I started spacing out and looking at the scenery a little bit. Uh, I almost rear-ended him once because he got on his brakes because there was a huge ditch. <laughs> I'm glad he saw the ditch because I would have gone right through slash over it. But Well, you know, there's there's a thing with John and ditches. Yeah. <laughs> so John uh, John had a little mishap on his mountain bike recently. Yeah, with a ditch. With a ditch. Our, our warm wishes, well wishes go out to him. Yep. He's, he's, he's okay. He's recuperating. He's recuperating well and he's high as a kite. Yep. That's on, he's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get him a full face helmet that'll match his his mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, our, our good wishes go out to all of our friends out there who are recovering from injuries <laughs> with a ditch and a bike involving ditches, <laughs> especially the ditch people. John, we're talking to you. Hi, John. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's totally relative because you know instantly you get on the Ural and a three wheeler is like easy mode off road, but it's wide, and so you can't go trail riding. So obviously I'm not hardcore because I'm riding a three wheeler when I go trail riding. No one's actually told me this yet. Mostly with the Ural, people are just like, "What the hell is that?" Um, <laughs> but you know, theoretically, sooner or later, someone's gonna be like, "Well, you can't go trail riding." You're not hardcore. I'm not <coughs> hardcore. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's it's funny because the the English I guess it's English based adventure board mm-hmm. um, Horizons Unlimited they're really down on the whole Ewan and Charlie guys yeah I mean like vicious down you know, wow like it's like mean spirited kind of really yeah it's it's like mm-hmm. the the hipsters have their cool band and all yep. of a sudden they're on American Idol yep and so the hipsters are mad yep you gotta have your you gotta have your little <coughs> secret private thing and and if you if your little secret private thing isn't so secret and private anymore, you just you add like a few more little qualifiers to make yours. You've got to be on a 200cc bike with no luggage, and it has to be blue. <laughs> I mean, like Touratech. Not you know, not that we bash on them a lot, but <laughs> we should note that we we both own things from Touratech. We like things from Touratech. We like things from Touratech, but the the the. Tourtech is the er example of the if you don't have all this tour tech stuff, you know, you don't have the tour tech stuff, you're not in the club, you're not in the cool kids club. You're why not, don't yeah. why don't you have the tour tech aluminum panniers and the other things? But not know? and then, you know, past that you've got the even more hardcore they're like, No, you you can't have hard cans on the side of your bike. Are you crazy? That's yeah, that's what newbies bend. do. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll bend. That's too heavy. You you need this canvas thingy thingy that you can fit a shaving kit into where does this where does this end where they have like plastic bags like taped to the side because that's klr land (laughs) styrofoam styrofoam ropes (laughs) that's hardcore folks hardcore i actually saw a guy on a klr once i was outside rei buying something and uh he pulls up on his klr and i shit you not he's got a top case which is made from one of those big plastic bins you buy at walmart to like store things under the bed (laughs) well milk crates well, yeah, milk crate. Yeah, I mean, milk crate is, is an established carry crap in it. Mm-hmm. But this one has the lid and everything, and the little like side latches and things. Did you see the uh, the KLR that was at the BMW dealer when we were there? We walked by it going in the front door, and it had the whole back rack made of plywood. Oh no, I missed that. I'm sad I missed that. And it was actually like pretty nice craftsmanship. Huh? Cool. And it was it, you know, oh, you know that that was the funniest thing. So you see this KLR. It's obviously been ridden hard. It's dirty. It's banged up. It's got a plywood back deck for mm-hmm. luggage. And, and, you know, it looks like hardcore. You know, hardcore. actually, no, I don't even want to say it um, sarcastically. It looks real. Yeah. Like we somebody's take, just ridden the crap out of it. Right. Ten feet into the dealership, we see this GS. Oh, God, yes, with all this stuff. With every 
bell, whistle, farkle. You, you can't see the bars of this GS <laughs> because there is so much crap on them. Like like multiple GPS mounts, a phone mount, uh, presumably one of them one of them yuppie nine one one devices. What do they call those? The, the spot, spot trackers. Yeah. yeah. I was getting button M me looking at that thing. Beep beep. He he probably had maybe almost everything out of this two inch thick Tech catalog. Yes, <laughs> it was it was impressive, and it looked brand new. <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah, and it was it was really it was you know the really clean bike. I have to say I'm I'm. Well, that's interesting. So here's here's my hardcore bias. I'm suspicious of really clean bikes. Like when a bike is super duper clean, you know, I clean mine, but like there's always that, you know, like road cheese in the nooks and crannies you can't really get to unless you have specialized tools. Yeah, I, I find the really clean bike a little off putting. I'm like, okay, do you ride the thing? Yeah. I mean, even just riding on the road gets it all kind of scuzzy. Like yeah, bugs the and pipes shit. or the brakes, the wheels. Yeah, I mean, something gets dirty. Windshield. This thing was spotless. Yeah, but I mean, I guess at the same time, it's like if you, if you, if that matters to you, you do it. So I. It would. It, I don't understand it. I think it's weird, and I don't. To me, it doesn't feel hardcore. But you know, now we're now we're in my biases for hardcore. Right, right. Yeah, everyone's. I guess everyone's got their angle. Yeah. I guess uh, you know, for us, it's why the hate. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's the big one. Why, why, why talk down? I mean, I can understand you want to you want to give tips to somebody who doesn't have as much experience. Maybe you want to yeah. try to encourage Ooh. the sport, but why? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the urge to like feel kind of like superior, you know? Like I'm not only am I totally hardcore, but now I can show how totally hardcore <laughs> I am. <laughs> I guess. I yeah, it's it's really strange. Criticizing a guy for his kit is one thing, but you know, when you're just getting down on him like you're just getting down on him for something really like nebulous. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to say like, "Why would you bring hand warmers? They suck. They suck." Yeah, and I tend to agree with that one because they suck. I, I've used them unsuccessfully many times in my life, and I don't like them very much. <laughs> but I call him a douche. Yeah, because that just makes you a douche. Yeah, fucking douche. Douche not, lest you be douche. <laughs> well, you know, you know the you know the unified theory of douchebaggery. No, if you're sitting at a table and you look around the table and you can't figure out who the big douchebag is. It's you. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the last word for about Rick is he's a retired Air Force pilot. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read, that's just how those guys think. Oh, my God. Pilots and their checklists. Yeah. So my dad, is uh, he flew for the Marines in Vietnam. So Ooh, we, hardcore. We, and he is obsessive about checklists. And I think they all are. My buddy who inspects planes and is a pilot is also obsessive about checklists. I, I would bet Rick Peterson is. I would bet he is. And they just, they love their checklists. Mm. And it's, it's really irritating when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> do you have everything for school? Yes, I do. Let's go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you watch him reading the list off the back of his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, different kinds of hardcore for different people. Different kinds, yeah. But, but, you know... There's no need for the hate. There's no need for the hate. When you watch this video, realize there's probably no need for you to pack like that. Nope. On your trip. Like we were saying last week, keep the scope of where you're going in mind. Yeah. How far away are you really going to get? This dude was going from Alaska to Texas, I think. Okay. Yeah, so a little ways. Yeah. Yeah, pack, pack what you need to have fun, I think is the key thing. <clears throat> exactly. Because that's what really matters. If you're not having fun, go home. And what's the funnest part about the road trip? 
I think it's telling everyone how hardcore you are afterwards. Well, it was pretty fun. I was going to say eat, but you know. Oh, well, <laughs> I, like I figured eat. that was given. <laughs> yeah. I like food. Speaking of hardcore, <laughs> let's talk about road food. <laughs> I like food. <laughs> Fatty needs to eat. <laughs> Don't forget to adjust your suspension after lunch. <laughs> Yeah, eating on the road. So that's the one thing about big trips we didn't really talk about. No, because... And really, we, we got it, because... Because, yeah, that's kind of a big one, and it's a pain in the ass on a motorcycle. It can be. It can be. Well, I, I mean, I just in general... Compared to car camping, I'll take, for example, that, right. that being the principal camping I do. Okay, yeah. C- car camping, you know, it's like, oh, my God, where are we going to fit the... Oh, wait, there's a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went okay. In extreme cases, there's a back seat, you know? Yeah, but you don't quite have that angst now. It's, oh, God, where are we going? Oh, I have a sidecar. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are we bringing? A side of beef. <laughs> There's cooler. And a the Weber, still. <laughs> a still. <laughs> There's two decisions or two ways you can go when you're, when you're eating on a trip. You can mm-hmm. either cook it. Yep. Or you can find a place to eat. Yep. Or a little both, really. Literally, well, going both is... That, that's pretty much your best bet, because yeah. you get the best of all possible worlds. Oh, hell yeah. You get to eat burgers and Big Piney. Those are... You know, what is it about motorcycles and burgers? I was thinking I that know. today, I, after, I, at lunch. I don't know. Yeah, Chuck and I were eating at the <coughs> uh, the uh, Goosey's Classic uh, Burgers today. That in Salt Lake. Burgers. Good yeah, it's burgers. Really good. We're actually... We we're we're going to try to interview the dudes who own the place, because motorcycles and cheeseburgers, I mean, what... You got motorcycles on the roof. This is relevant to my interests. <laughs> Todd is their target. I audience. would subscribe to their newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> but not just them. I mean, we're talking Saturday about going down to Tippanogos Harley. Yeah, and they eating have burgers. A, yeah, they have a burger place in the the Harley dealer. Mm-hmm. When we're out on the road, we find like little places. Yeah, and little places inevitably with cheeseburgers. In yeah, them. really good cheeseburgers. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, what, you know, it could just be that we're riding in the states. And cheeseburgers is sort of your go-to Cheeseburgers food. is kind of like the, the official food of the United States, you know? I mean, that's our major export. <laughs> cheeseburgers. I thought it was Britney Spears. I'm pretty sure it's cheeseburgers. Yeah. You sure it's not Britney? Well, I mean, she's kind of past. Well, who's... who's? I don't, I'm not hip with the who, young hot pop stars. Just keep going. This is fun. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is with cheeseburgers, but frankly, as long as there are still cheeseburgers to be had, I'm happy. You know, we're, we need to go to Mexican Hat, Utah. Oh, yeah, there's some cool stuff down there. That's there, like the that's like the North Rim of the Grand and all that stuff. And there's a, the swinging steak place there. Yeah, Kevin went there and he said it was kind of like, well, it was steak and it swung. Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah, mm. he said it was, it was a little disappointing. He said it's exciting. It's exciting as only things can be in Mexican Hat because. When you're around Mexican hat, anything is exciting. <laughs> it's kind of like Route 50 in Nevada. You're like, oh my god, a thing! <laughs> Let's go see the thing! It's, what is it? Doesn't matter, it's a thing! It's a tree with a thousand shoes hanging from it. Yes, awesome. We're there. <laughs> That's a real thing. I, I, not actually all that surprised, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I was driving across Kansas one time, and there was one of those uh, See the World's Biggest Prairie Dog. I fought really hard <laughs> about stopping and looking because you're just, you're just dying for some stimulation. You know, there's an overpass and you're like, when you go under it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Kansas. We just lost our listener in Kansas. 
Well, now we're down to six. <laughs> so, well, is there anything good to eat in Kansas? Uh, no. <laughs> not, not, well, in fairness, <laughs> here's, the, here's the problem. Problem number one is I was on the interstate. And the interstates are the best way to go a really long distance and see absolutely nothing. I mean, like, Isn't there supposed to be barbecue in Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. Corn? I... Kansas City barbecue. That's a phrase, right? I don't know. You're in the South. You tell me. <laughs> Kansas isn't the South. It is to me. Everything everything from about Pennsylvania down is the South. <laughs> That's because you're a damn Yankee. Massachusetts is South. Damn Yankee. <laughs> you know what's you know where Canada is? West. <laughs> I can't travel with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Food. Let's talk about food. We should stick with food. Yes. So, what? okay. So, so buy it or pack it? Buying or packing. Uh, You know, like you said, a little bit of both. Yeah. You want to prepare for the times you can't, you don't find someplace cool to eat. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because every once in a while, you're going to be somewhere and there's going to be like an Arby's and a nothing. Yeah. Or uh, or, uh, my personal favorite is... Um, the restaurants that say home cooking. Now, I don't know about you, but there's something about a restaurant that says home cooking I find incredibly unsettling. And I've eaten in a few of them, and I've yet to be really pleased <coughs> with anything that says home cooking on it. The ones in the South are okay. good go back. if they say home cooking, especially if they misspell the cooking. Oh, yeah, okay, the cooking. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Then those are those are good places to go. What do you all have here? Anything you want, just so long as it's fried. <laughs> Best place I ate in the South in Alabama was literally a dude's house. Wow, that's cool. He put a sign in his yard that said barbecue. His living room, he pushed all the stuff to the walls <laughs> and set up a couple tables. Now, what do you think the chances are he had a, a license from the county board of health <laughs> to do that? A lie what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess the barbecue is good. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> there you go. And that, that dude was missing teeth. <laughs> Well, it's you know, it's like it's like when you get coffee places. You know, you want barbecue from people missing teeth, and if you're buying coffee and the person doesn't have like tattoos and a ton of shit stuck in their face, you need to be really worried. <laughs> like clean cut person making you coffee, not good. You know, run. The, the message we're trying to get across here is don't eat at a chain. Oh God, no! Anything but a chain. You I can mean, eat at a chain at home. Eating eating cheese and crackers, hiding underneath an overpass while it pours outside is better than eating at a chain. Yeah. And you can eat a chain at home. Yeah. You can do it, you know. You can eat a chain anywhere. You, any, anytime. Same chain. You're on this road trip. Why eat at a chain? Yes. You're out for adventure, Starbucks. Speaking of chains. <laughs> <laughs> you're out there if you can. It's a squeeze cheese under your overpass. Mm-hmm. What do you look for when you're when you're riding? For, when you're looking for, for a place to eat. Place to eat. What do you What do you look? I'm at? usually looking for like a local kind of place because you know it's that it's that whole I can I can eat at home at home. Right. I'm looking for like a, a small storefront. Yeah, like a small kind of thing. If it's got pickup trucks parked in front of it. That's always a good giveaway. Mm-hmm. That's just that's one of those weird American things. If it's got motorcycles parked in front of it. Yep. Sometimes those are good. Although those those I find are more prone to what's cool. Um, you know, than pickup trucks are. And that's one of the things to look out for is you hear about these famous places. It's like, oh, you got to go there. It's the place you go when you're in, I don't know, Sheboygan. Big um, Piney. Big Piney. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Big Piney was a perfect example. You never heard of it in your life, but there's a bunch of trucks parked outside. Yep. That and means the locals are going there. You wouldn't even think it was a place to eat when you first pull up. Yeah, yeah. 
but, it's a gas station. <laughs> well, you know, there it is, and it's got the trucks outside. That means the locals eat there, which means it's not just there for shishi purposes. Yep. yep. That, that's a big one for me, is the pickup trucks are a dead giveaway, generally speaking. Okay. <laughs> big pickup trucks with guys, no shirts, washing them? Uh, no. Because, you know, I, I've not yet gotten that image out of my head since Good. you brought it up. Good, and you know what's going to happen now is it's spring, and you're going to drive by one of those DIY car washes on a weekend. And I hear the song, is Raining Men, playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Place with the pickups is a good bet, and really just something local, something that you can't get at home. Yep, something you, local. Something, something thematic would be good. Like a burger stand with a motorcycle on the roof. Yeah, yeah, like that. I, I mean just like thematic about where you are. Okay. Okay, yeah. so like, like straight up, if you're in New England, you don't go to a French restaurant. I mean, maybe you do oh. if you're in a city. Yeah. If you're in New England, you look for a diner where the waitress calls you hun. You yeah. get two eggs side by each other. Yep. Okay. And you can order eggs over hard and nobody looks at you funny, which I hate here, by the way. It's really hard to pronounce that age. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from California. We don't talk weird like you. Yeah, honor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I look for? Um, not just even small storefront, but like a drive-up shack. Oh, Yeah. Shack, shack food in general, I find to be pretty good. Yeah, like on the coast, you're I mean, always looking for like the the insert animal here. Shack, you, you sort of got you got to have a tolerance for grease. Yeah, yeah, the tolerance for grease is definitely helpful. But man, it's if you do, that's good food. Yep. Although, actually, you know, the other thing I tend to look for is I look for really like hippie places. Okay. Because um, if you want something that's not grease, that's a great place to go. Sure. Um, perfect example is in um, Mancos, Colorado. Now, Mancos is really a cow town. If you go through Mancos in the spring, you will hit uh, cows. Literally like cow drives. With your car? Well, if you're not careful. <laughs> there are cattle drives going through town and around town and everything, just like crazy. Now, on the other hand, Mancos has this hippy-dippy little, like, sandwich and coffee shop where you can get, like, a really good, like, veggie sandwich on a bagel kind of thing. You know, in a cow town. Cool. Yeah. And, and, and here's my not-hardcore mission. Ooh. I really do watch Travel Channel and the Food Network, and and think of places to visit. Cool. From you know where they visit. Yep. Ride to eat. Eat to ride. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that diner he went to is cool. I need to put that on the map. Cool. And I want to go there, probably along with every other yuppie <laughs> bag <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but <laughs> honey, book us some tickets. Well, yeah, and I guess some of that's too is you can't you can't the the. The reputation thing works both ways. If you only eat at the shacks and never go to the popular places, sometimes they're popular because they're good. Yeah. It's that whole don't limit yourself thing. Yeah. But if you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. You're going to be, you're, you're gonna be t- uh, cooking your food. Camping food. Camping and cooking. And cooked camp food can be really, really good. It can be super duper good. Even if Chuck's on a diet, you can wave the hand <laughs> near his face and he'll ask you for a fork. And you know, I don't like tuna. Yeah, well, I couldn't have told you that. <laughs> so so just to, to start out with my kind of de facto camping food. So I guess the key things you're looking for is it needs to be small, right? Um, you want staples like rice. It's easy to pack. It's small. Yeah. You can pack use small. it to soak up oil that's dripping from the fuel. Yep. Useful stuff. That that's didn't it. happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're only a couple days out, you can prep a lot of crap at home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I get those screw top Tupperwares, and those are bulletproof. Yeah, you know, just for camping in general, prepping your food at home is a really good idea. Yeah, doing a lot of stuff in fr- up in front. Then you know, when you get there, you've already got diced, you know, onions, peppers. Right. Re- repack everything because mm-hmm. you can get it smaller. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, you know, you don't want to take a whole box of rice. That's stupid. No, you take, you take rice Ziploc. in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and don't even worry about uh, having to bring everything because you're on your way to a campground. Mm-hmm. You're going to pass a store. Yeah, sooner or later on a motorcycle, you're going to need gas, which means you're going to be at a store. Right, and you can pick up some fresh food, fresh yeah, meat, that's a good fresh point. veggies. Actually, if you're on a really, most of the time, if you're on a motorcycle trip camping too, you're out in little rural areas. And that's where you find the veggie stands. Yeah. And the fruit stands. Yeah. Oh my God, that is the best stuff you can get. A, you're buying it straight from the farmer. So the money's going straight to the dude who makes it. Which is cool, you know. You're not paying the grocery chain. Support local. Support your local, um, even if you're not from there. <laughs> even if you're not from there. But you know, the other thing is, it means it's really fresh. Yep. How fresh is it? Well, it's from right there. <laughs> See that plant? That's where it came from. <laughs> See that dead cow? Yeah. <laughs> that's that, your steak. That'd be a little strange, actually. <laughs> I, I so would dream of going to a restaurant where you can do that. I, I like, want like your lobster in the tank. <laughs> I want Bessie. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Just a moment, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap the rest up. I'm taking it home. But yeah, buy you can buy stuff on the road and, and totally like hit the stands. Mm-hmm. The stands are where it's at. You know, pack get a get one of those uh, fabric coolers mm-hmm. and just roll it up, stuff it in the bike. Yep, and then when you need it, yeah, break it out. You know, you could even put beer in one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna warn you now. We're gonna have beer with us. Well, we'll, we'll have a still with us. <laughs> And we're going to Colorado, and we're coming back to Utah. From we, we will not bring beer across Utah lines, of course. Of course not, because that would be bad and against the law. Yes, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna fill my sidecar up with beer as much as I can. When I, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I got space. Carrying any beer, sir? No. Nope. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get like a, one of those one-piece suits. Put the helmet on it, and we'll fill it with beer. <laughs> yes. What's your friend's name? <laughs> Bud Miller. <laughs> Bud Miller. <laughs> but Bud Miller. He's uh, sleeping. Yes. He's sleeping it off, sir. <laughs> he's, he's very he's, sleepy. He's had a few. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is possibly the best idea ever. <laughs> the cops are listening to this. A cop is listening to this. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> if you see a, a motorcycle with a sidecar, and the guy in the sidecar looks a little lumpy. The sidecar looks abnormally low to the ground. <laughs> and there's a lot of weight in that sidecar. <laughs> he works out. The muscles. Well, nice. sir, I, I like to have ballast. You know, it helps. It rides better with ballast. Those are filled with water. You have an awful lot of gas tanks bolted to that. <laughs> Is that a keg? No. no. <laughs> That's the spare fuel tank. Fuel cell. Fuel cell, yes. It sounds sane. Speaking of over preparing. <laughs> 
sounds cool. We'll just put a Tourtex sticker right on the side right of on it. it. <laughs> Tourtex beer. <laughs> it's like regular beer, but costs twice as much. <laughs> and is made with, with brushed aluminum. And hardcore. It's hardcore beer. Is Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up from the wheel nerds. Thumbs up from the wheel nerds. You know what I want to take on the Colorado trip? Is this thing called Easy Grow? Yeah, you you sent that to me. I I can't make heads or tails of it, so I'm, it, I'm I mean, just gonna. We're just gonna see how it works. Yeah, we're gonna it, get it essentially looks like an aluminum baking pan with a, a grill on it. Yeah, and it comes like preloaded with a bunch of charcoal and yeah. crap. All you do is light it and use it and roll the fucker up and throw it away. We'll grill up some burgers or something the first night. Yeah. See again, motorcycles and burgers. Yeah, it's weird. There they are again. Yeah. And if you go to the other end of the spectrum, Tourtech offers a thing. If only we had some sort of device, Chuck, in which we could carry wine while on a motorcycle. <laughs> because bottles won't work due to they're not continental hardcore. drift and things. They're, uh, yeah, they're, bottles are not hardcore. Right, sorry, yes. Bottles are not hardcore unless you drink it all by yourself. What is hardcore is the red wine drink powder rouge. Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. It means red. Yeah. I knew that. It's the type red wine, mm. 9.27% alcohol per serving. Oh, okay. And it's aluminum pouch that you add water to. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. I just had a thought. If you're drinking wine from an aluminum pouch, does that mean you're drinking wine from a can, kind of? <laughs> it's better than drinking it from a box. You know, they have scotch in a can, too. Really? Yeah. They have bacon in a can. It's disturbing. I've had it. It's good. <laughs> Please don't bring any with us. <laughs> I'm scared. It's good. I want to go home. <laughs> it's called tack back. I want to live. <laughs> but yeah, so so once again, it is possible to get too hardcore, I guess. Too hardcore, yeah. You don't... It, it, yeah. Well, uh, wine in a pouch. Well, in fairness, wine doesn't like being shaken up in funny temperatures much, but... Again, why not just buy some local... Wine and drink it. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be know. passing the liquor. I mean, I guess if you're going across Mongolia, I reckon they got liquor. You think? If I lived in Mongolia, <laughs> I'd want some liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be honest with you, I really want some liquor. Yeah, there'd be words if I couldn't get any liquor. Yeah. So you know, the other thing, in in a completely odd direction, I don't know. Did you get a chance to look at this gadget that I sent you? The Amazon link. Oh, the the electric plug it to the your bike volt oven meatloaf maker, yeah. Wow, it's um, I, and I only know that because of uh, the Alton Brown motorcycle feasting on asphalt show. Yeah, he tried it out on his. Wow, made a meatloaf. That's, I, wow. Apparently, it's big with truckers. You know. Well, okay, I I can see it making sense in a truck. I I'm 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 thinking of how incredibly bare attractive such a device would be. <laughs> Oh, the bear's like meatloaf. <laughs> it seems to be inside this bike thing here. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> Mr. Bear has a solution for that. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's nifty. I'll give it that. Okay, nifty. Something that you yeah. you were like, wow, that would be kind of neat. That's nifty. I don't know, but I, you know, I th- I'm think, thinking about it. I think I'd rather stop at some little roadside joint and try her meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. You know. The Hooker Castle? The Hooker Castle. 
Dude, I don't. I don't think you want to try the meatloaf at the Hooker Castle. Hookers? I think if you go, I think if you go in front of the Hooker Castle and you're like, I'll have the meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen, <laughs> but I guarantee you, it will be bad. You're gonna come out with a thousand yard load. There is no way anything good will happen after that. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you know, there's a lot more we could say about camping and cooking. Yep. But I, I, we might. We might have to talk about that later on a, on take a different the, take show. Take the food you want to eat. You know what we should do? Let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's cook while we're on the road, and let's let's turn on a recorder while we cook and eat it. All right. When talk we do, about how it is. Do the slow road. We'll we'll yeah. be making our show. You're going to hear about the cooking. Any any favorite places to eat? Final thought on the on the cooking. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Place- I would I would make sure I would if you're if you're in southern Utah, you got to go to Hell's Backbone Grill. God, that place is so good. Probably the best restaurant in Utah. See, I keep hearing about this place, but I've yet to go. When you go, there'll sometimes be a wedding there. Like our friend who loves it, whose wedding is there. Hi, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but so, Hell's Backbone Grill is totally worth stopping in. Um, there's a breakfast place that does cream cheese waffles up in northern Wisconsin, up by the uh, Apostle Islands. Mm. Ask people around. Ask, where's the, where's the super bad for you breakfast place that does the cream cheese filled waffles? Go there. Order whatever sounds good, and then just budget time for a nap. Um, <laughs> but you got to go to this place. And the fish and chips boat outside the Maritime Museum in Astoria. It's a boat on a trailer, and you walk up to the boat, and they say, big or small. Wow. And you order a big or small fish and chips, and it's the best fish and chips ever. Because, you know, it's that, you know, where'd the fish come from? See that boat over there at the dock? That's them. You know, my favorite place to eat is in Mexico. Really? Yeah. Where's that? It's got no name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the place next to the other place. So if you're in Ensenada and you take the road to go see the blowhole, mm-hmm. the bufadora, la bufadora, there will be a little old lady, and I hope to God she's still there, with a stand with blue tarps all around it, and she'll be surrounded by thousands of bottles of olives, and she'll be making tamales. And, and they're like the best tamales ever. Sounds awesome. It is really so good. Cool. And it's really sad because I'm trying to think of all these places I've been to with my my dad when we used to do road trips. But, oh, man. They'll come to us. Yeah. Fortunately, we'll have future shows you can talk about them in. Yeah, we're going to be doing road trips. Like, the oh, the Man Ride. There was one good place to eat on the Man Ride. Yeah. I think it was near Gab's, Nevada. Um, It was a little burger hut. Burgers, again. Called I think it was called Socorro's. It was uh, pretty good burgers. They they came out and talked to us about you know, and they actually told us their story. But uh. but you forgot it. <laughs> Obviously, it was a hell of a story. I went, and uh, then we were in Gabs, and then we made burgers, and we couldn't leave then because we had all of our lives tied up in burgers. We're burger folk. Yeah, you know, it was, it was south of Gabs. I don't even remember the place it was because Gabs is the place where they. You know what? You know, what? I'm going to go ahead and make a make a guess here. It's the place south of Gabs. You would be right. That's really all you need to know, because there is nothing else south of Gabs. No. There is a there is a gas station, there is a market, and there is a restaurant in Gabs. They are all run by one person. Wow. So in order to pump gas to our motorcycles, she had to lock up the store and come <laughs> walking across the street to unlock the gas pumps. Well, you know, it's efficient. Yeah. There's a place in Baker, Nevada that's a restaurant, coffee shop, and hotel that a guy runs. So, Well, this wasn't one place. These were three separate buildings. Oh! She had to walk the one to the other, locking up the other two. 
wow. Oh, what, you guys need to eat? All right. Oh, let me finish selling these guys some beer, and then I'll walk dump, over dump, to the dump, restaurant. Dump, dump, dump. <laughs> wow, that's that's really something. It was scary. <laughs> oh, well. Small town Americana. Yeah. I think we should do some listener question. Yes, we do have listeners, you <laughs> smartasses. <laughs> and why haven't you written to us yet? Yeah. Get on it. You can reach us at wheelnerds at gmail.com. That's right. And our website is also wheelnerds.com. <clears throat> All right. So what's our first question? Okay. <clears throat> Shelly from England asks... <laughs> Shelly from England asks... Yes, we do have an international listener base. Did the bunny hit by the Buell live? You know what I said to Chuck when we stopped after the bunny incident? I said, yes, you're you're a bunny killer. You're a bunny murderer. I saw another bunny back there. If you want, we can go back, and you can murder that one, too. <laughs> um, we didn't stop to see if the bur- bunny lived or not. It's entirely possible the bunny has gone on to live a happy life with a family. And, and has a bunnies. fantastic story to tell. And there were pretty colors and rainbows. But more likely than not, the bunnies was lying dead on the road until some coyote came and ate it. I'm sure the bunny's fine. I'm sure a raven didn't eat its eyes. <laughs> the bunny's fine. We should have stopped and eaten the bunny. It's a damn bunny. Speaking of road food. <laughs> exactly. It's a freaking food animal. Who cares? <laughs> you know what it's there for? It's there to be food. It's so soft. Fluffy and cute. Bears, cats, men, we all eat it. And it does this little thing with the eyes and that little thing with their nose where it wiggles back and forth. It's there for eating. You've crushed me. You'd eat it too. Yeah. (laughs) And say that. The bunny's fine, (laughs) Shelly. Good question. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Moving on. Uh, Joe from All of So England? (laughs) Are you making these up? That should be Colorado. Oh, okay. Joe's from Colorado. Joe asks, parking lot practice versus real world experience. Why are both valuable? Ooh, this is a good one. Ooh. It's the, we could write a senior thesis on this one. We could get into college with this essay. Yeah. But I guess the, the short version is is they're, they're different things. They teach you different things. For me, the parking lot practice was really valuable starting out mm-hmm. to help me get my confidence built up, to get me comfortable on the bike, and to kind of build that muscle memory, that, that sort of reflexive action in your head as to how to make the bike go, how to make it stop, how to make it turn, how not to fall over in the parking lot when a car shows up in your lane. Yeah. Stuff like that. So that's actually pretty similar to my answer. The the thing about parking lot practice and what parking lot practice is going to do for you is it's going to let you focus on your muscle memory. So parking lot practice will train your muscle memory. Riding in the real world is not going to train your muscle memory. It can only keep it up. I mean, it will eventually train your muscle, muscle memory, but the trick is, will it do this before you're splattered? You said keep it up. <laughs> the level of discourse in this room has just dropped. <laughs> which we didn't think was possible. <laughs> Chuck has done it. So, but yeah, you, you develop the muscle memory in the parking lot. And then when you go out on the road, you apply it in the real world. And what the road teaches you is, what are the things in the real world you're going to be looking for that tell you to use these tactics? So I, I think they're both valuable because they're teaching you different elements. Yeah, because I'll be honest. After my second year or so of riding, I haven't really done the parking lot practice. Really? Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a parking lot either. I mean, because there's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to take out all the road factor and just focus on the physical skill. Right? Sure. So take braking, for instance. Um, 
I periodically will do braking exercises. Because in the real world, you're not going to be braking for 15 miles an hour most of the time, right? You're going to be going 50, 60, whatever. Right. I will routinely do braking exercises if I'm on a big, empty, open road. Um, okay, I'll go do from, that. Go from 50 to zero. Yeah. And see what that feels like, because it's going to feel different, and it's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, yes. But the key thing is, is you got you, you know, you got to be in an environment where you can focus on the physical action. Once you get the physical action down, now you can apply that physical action to real world situations, and you're going to have to learn the real world situations. So there you go, Joe. Hopefully that hopefully that answers your question. Good question, and like I said, we can uh, we could write an essay about that one. Okay. Can I read this next question? Go for it. Our next letter. When are you two coming back through town? And will anyone know you're here uh, from Big Piney, Wyoming? Next, Next question. question. <laughs> I think we've learned things today. What'd you learn? I've learned cheeseburgers. <laughs> I've learned beer. I've learned that we're not hardcore. We are not hardcore. All right, folks, that's it for this week. We're the Wheel Nerds. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. Uh, come visit us on the web at wheelnerds.com. Absolutely. Or send us an email at wheelnerds at gmail.com. Ride safe, everybody. We'll catch you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.